Welcome to Come and See, your podcast for finding truth in a world of chaos. Brought to you by All for Jesus Living Waters Ministry. With host and founder, Richard Case, and co-host and retreat leader, Kathy Riccone. Today is our special guest day, where we will hear from a friend of the ministry who will share their insight and stories on truth in this chaotic world. And now your host, Richard Case. Well, good morning, everybody. Uh, this is Guest Thursday, and uh, we're in uh, January, and we're very excited to uh, have John and Michelle Santaferraro, good old Italian name, who actually are living in Italy right now. So, <laughs> yeah, uh, I can't believe we haven't had them yet. I was surprised no. we were just talking to them and realized we have not. Yeah. These are two of our favorite people, and the things that God has been doing in and through their lives is amazing, and so we're excited to share their story yeah. with you guys. They're Living Waters uh, leaders, and they're actually heading up uh, the uh, international program over in Italy and uh, with the goal of bringing couples to Italy and then have them go back to their countries, and we'll share more about that. Uh, of the vision that they've received and so we're excited to join that and uh, welcome uh, you guys tell us what city are you guys living in and uh, you got I know you're in a little hot neat, neat little house there but where exactly are you in Italy yeah we're in uh, a little town called Monsumano Terme which is <laughs> about halfway between Pisa and Florence okay so in the in the northern part of Tuscany it's a beautiful area yeah mm -hmm. Yeah, that's beautiful. And um, you're you have uh, uh, what you'll share, but you're on uh, what I guess you'd call it a farm, right? Um, yeah, we're uh, we've got about uh, ten acres and mm -hmm. three hundred and fifty olive trees, and uh, you and a year-round garden as well. I mean, there's uh, yeah. the garden is wow. flourishing with winter vegetables right now, so we're yeah. just we're enjoying the broccoli and the cabbage and yeah yeah we're enjoying the country life yeah. uh that said we're we're only three minutes from the city so it's a it's a nice location wow how's the olive oil doing uh well that's, the olive oil is doing fantastic story. uh should I, you want me to tell the story yeah, tell the story yeah. we want to hear it <laughs> yeah so uh when we arrived here seven months ago uh we came with a promise that God was going to restore our uh, our finances. We can share more about that later. But part of the promise was that He would give us a double portion. Mm -hmm. So I was out looking at the olive trees, and I heard from God that we were going. He was going to give us a double portion of olive oil this year for the harvest. Mm -hmm. And so we're excited about it and and waiting for it. Well, shortly after that, the temperature rose. It got hot, and it was hotter than usual. Uh, we found out that we are in the worst drought in 70 years in yeah. Italy. Wow. And all of the young olives on the trees began to fall off the trees. Yeah. I mean, we had wow. a guy that had come and he just a taxi driver that dropped me off. And he looked up at the olive tree and touched it and said, uh, you guys are going to have a lot of olives because the, the trees were full. Yeah. Um, within a couple of months, the ground was covered with the baby olives that had fallen off the tree and because the heat had come because of the drought yeah yeah so but we stayed in faith we yeah. we believe that if god said he was going to give us a double portion yeah. he was going to give us a double portion yeah well two weeks ago we finished the olive harvest and it's the best olive oil that i've ever tasted in my life mm -hmm. and the average 
yield of olive oil on this property is 200 liters. Mm -hmm. We harvested 699.3 liters. Wow. Yeah. So it's uh, it, it's a it was a miracle. Uh, there's no other way to explain story. it. It was a God yes. provided uh, a bumper crop in a in a year of drought. Mm. Yeah. Mm. That's yeah. remarkable. But we'll, uh, we're excited to hear all about that. So uh, to start with, just so the audience uh, knows a little bit more about you, how did you each uh, come to know Christ uh, in your life? And then we can then we can talk about your uh, marriage, etc. But start individually. How did you come to know Christ? <clears throat> Um, I did not know Christ as a child, so it was during my high school years. We, um, I was making a move with my parents. Um, that's a whole story. My parents uh, decided to get back together, married each other three times <laughs> to each other. Yeah, so divorce, remarried. We go back to Colorado for a move where they're back and joining each other, and I end up at a new school. And at the new school, as I tried to get settled in at 16, um, the girls that I wanted to hang out with were girls that went to a youth group. So hmm. I didn't know what a youth group was, but um, I attended. And um, one of the first questions another young man asked me was, you know, have you read the Bible, the whole Bible? And I'm like, what is the Bible? You know, so <laughs> I was very turned wow. off and decided I did not want to go back to that youth group. Um, enjoyed hanging out with those girls as my friends, but they invited me to a youth conference. Um, I was in Colorado at the time, so the youth conference was down in Denver, and there was a speaker at the time, Dawson McAllister, and he was speaking about bad huh. habits. And in that talk that evening, and my sister was with me too, it was beautiful that, so my sister Stephanie was with me, we heard the talk, and I just was like, it was that moment where when I heard that I could not change my bad habits apart from Jesus, and I had lived a very wild life, um, yeah, I don't need to go into the details of that, but very, um, <laughs> yeah, we don't need to go there, but okay. it's just one of those things where I knew that I could not change. I had made, tried to make changes mm -hmm. to stop doing certain things, and you know what? I couldn't do it apart from Jesus. So once I heard the message and it was clear to me, it was like literally the Holy Spirit just like, I mean, I popped out of my seat, and I went forward, and I gave my life to Jesus, and so that I was a I love that. Yeah. And then shortly after, um, Dawson McAllister's wife, Ruth Hill McAllister, was um, open to discipling me. And um, my sister and I, she, she went forward to that same night and we were discipled very intensely uh, for a year and a half. And wow. that was foundational for me to choose to then go to Bible college because I felt like I had lived on both sides of the fence during my high school mm -hmm. years and I wanted to then work with youth as a result. So. That's beautiful. Have you ever, have you kept in contact with her since that point to show her or share with her just the fruit of her faithfulness and discipling? Yes. So I spoke to Ruth Hill McAllister just in the last year, and it's been fun to kind of just keep her up to date. I mean, it's very right. infrequent, but it's nice to just at least have another download recently in the last year yeah. to say this is what ministry we're, what we're involved with. And thank you again. I'm always thanking her. That's for her amazing. investment and yeah. her request also to step into um, discipleship, to really make a commitment. I mean, we even made a commitment where sports were also put on hold. I didn't let her in track based on mm -hmm. choices to be part of her discipleship. And I it was really beautiful that she kind of, in a sense, asked us to step up and into this mm -hmm. level of commitment to That's follow beautiful. Jesus. So, well, you, so you were in high school then, right? You were a sophomore, junior, a uh, senior, sophomore. Okay. All right, so you're a sophomore, come to know Christ. John, how about you? 
Uh, I was 16 as well. Uh, I came from a, a, a family that was a difficult family, not broken, but uh, the people were broken. <laughs> My mom and dad had a very difficult marriage, uh, yelled a lot, fought. Um, so I started drinking alcohol at the age of nine. <laughs> and by wow. 11 years old, I was using drugs. At 13, I overdosed mm. and was put in the hospital, tried to jump out of the hospital window, so they had to tie me into the bed. Um, but I didn't know any other life, so I continued in that lifestyle. And uh, at when I was 16, at the start of my 16th year, my mom became a Christian. Mm. And she... She had a gift of evangelism. She led 12 people to the Lord in her first year as a Christian. Wow. She was so excited about Jesus that mm -hmm. she would stop people on the street and tell them, mm -hmm. and they would be saved. Mm -hmm. um, so she had shared with me, but I obviously wanted absolutely nothing to do with it. And mm -hmm. I told her, even if I did come to Christ, I would, uh, I would never tell her anyway. Mm -hmm. <laughs> well, at, uh, at 16, uh, before the football season, I was working out at a, at a Jack LaLanne health spa. Now that dates me. <laughs> and uh, Jack, Jack LaLanne, remember Jack LaLanne, Linda and I grew up in California with, I mean, Jack LaLanne was a big deal out there. And when the, in the, this is in the early, early seventies. So yeah, I, I, I'm going to say it again. I wasn't wearing tights when I was working out, but I went to work out. That's good. That's good. We, we, don't, we, we don't even want to picture that, John, so that's good. Yeah, thank you. <laughs> so in the, in the locker room that day, there was a group of guys. Uh, it was a Monday. They were, they were standing together talking about the sermons they had heard at church and, and just having fellowship. And for some reason, at that moment, I wanted what they had so badly that I stood up and I told them that I was a Christian too. And my pastor was Paul Steele. I'd been to my mom's church twice, mm -hmm. uh, Mother's Day and her birthday. Mm -hmm. um, and so, and, and I and had this whole conversation with them and they all went to work out and I sat down on the bench mm -hmm. and thought to myself, what right did I have to tell those people that I was a Christian? I'm not. Mm -hmm. And right there on the bench, I gave my life to Christ. <laughs> and instead of working out, I ran home. Wow. Uh, about six or seven blocks, ran home and burst in the door and told my mom that I had become a Christian too. Wow. Oh. It was really uh, uh, amazing transformation for God to, within three months, completely delivered me from all drugs and alcohol. It just, uh, it was a miracle. That's amazing. Now you were, uh, Michelle, you said you were, were you in Denver area, right? Um, when you were in high school. And John, where were you? I was in uh, Sunnyvale, California. Okay. So out in California. Um, so you both come to know Christ. And then um, how did you ultimately then meet each other? What, what transpired between then and the time you met? And how old were you? And uh, what, what uh, attracted you to get married? <clears throat> I mean, I, I think we both made decisions. Uh, I was also discipled by my youth pastor. Mm and uh, made a decision. I wanted to go into ministry full time. And so I was on a path to study at a Bible college and get a degree and go to seminary. Mm -hmm. um, she had a similar thing. So we both ended up at Western Bible College in Morrison, Colorado. Ah, okay. Yeah. And so we met, uh, we met there. I was and, a freshman. And I was a senior. 
And we... Um, you were the first I, guy to walk into the, the student union. And <laughs> I had just come to college late because I had an abscess in my throat that they didn't recognize as strep or whatever. So my throat was, my voice was altered. I got to college as soon as I could. John's the first guy into the student union. I look at the back of his shirt and it says, John. And so in my, you know, in my voice at that time, which was very nasal, I said, hi, John. Hi, John. <laughs> so he turns around and you see me, but I, I thought she was really beautiful, but I didn't think didn't that love I love that voice. The, I didn't think I could date Kermit the Frog. So <laughs> we kind of went went our ways. Um, we did end up next to each other one day in chapel. Oh yeah, and then I had my three-inch high uh, red cowboy boots on. Whoa! And I, I kept going as he, you know. We stood up to sing. Yeah, uh, and I thought in the chapel. Uh -huh. So she was a lot. She was a lot taller than you, right, John? At that moment. Yep, she's uh, she's six six feet, and I'm five ten, and so add three hills to that. I stopped, and she kept going. Yeah. And she kind of looked down upon me and thought, "Yeah, I'll never. I, I'm not gonna. I'm not gonna. I didn't want to date Kermit the Frog. She didn't want to date the short, fat Italian." <laughs> <laughs> so what happened? Um, yeah. I, we had a chance to go. I had a, uh, was invited to go skiing for the weekend and needed someone to go with me. So I was asking around, does anybody know someone that really knows how to ski? Uh, I was an expert skier at the time, and I didn't want to give somebody a lesson. I wanted somebody that could ski with me. And mm. everybody said, well, Michelle Gebauer. She <laughs> grew up in Park City, Utah. Yeah. And so I invited her, so we went on the ski trip together. and With another family that you had been living with, yeah. Yeah, and we just got to know yeah. each other, and uh, really, we talked the entire time, I think, and mm -hmm. had great conversations. Yeah. And it was obvious to me that she loved the Lord, and, and uh, so we, we dated, and then within about a year and a half, got married. Yeah. How good a skier was she? She's a great skier. <laughs> wow, that's beautiful. So, you, so you dated, you dated, and then got married a year and a half after you kind of went on the ski trip, and uh, both in Colorado, right? Um, yeah. So, uh, how many years now have you been married? Uh, we've been married for thirty-eight in June. Thirty-eight. Yeah. Wow! Congratulations. Beautiful. Well, tell us about your. Uh, kids and then uh, a little bit about your career as you went you know forward and then we'll catch up with uh, you know your abiding and coming back together I know I know that you know you there was out of some marriage issues that came up but tell us how you got you know there in terms of your career and with your family and all that <clears throat> yeah so we have um, three kids we have two biological children um, Rocky and Candice and then we also have a daughter Stephanie who joined us later in life at 18 um, so they're all now grown. They're in their mid-30s. Mm. Um, so, yeah, scattered about. Uh, so, and together with all three of them, we have six grandchildren. So those are just, they are so much fun. Love them. Um, so what else did you? Yeah, so we, what, what, so what did you, did you, after, uh, when you were first married, Michelle, did you work at all? What, what were you doing in terms of your? So, your, no, I, I was trained to be a youth pastor at the Bible college that we attended. And uh, we went into ministry right after John. John was four years ahead, so he finished his seminary degree Seminary degree at the same time I finished my mas my bachelor's in youth ministry. Yep. And when it came time to look for a position, 
Um, John held that position and we did some of it together, but at the time I also graduated, I was five months pregnant with Candace. Candace wow. And so therefore we just kind of went into ministry and I was raising children. Yeah, yeah, mother, um, okay. Basically when the youngest Rocky got five and he was going to kindergarten, that's when I said, okay, I wanna look into something part-time. And then that led me on to pretty soon thereafter working at a bank uh, part-time and uh, kind of from that, a few questions you asked me, and I just said to John, I want to dump drawers and organize. And then that started my career as a <laughs> uh, professional organizer as well as a productivity coach. So, oh, wow. Yeah, that's great. That was 27 years ago. Yeah. And John, you, um, so you graduated with a seminary. You, did you step into a pastoral role? And then how did you become a big shot in a Fortune 500 company? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, uh, I graduated with a Master of Divinity from Denver Seminary and was a youth pastor in Cupertino, California for seven years. Mm -hmm. And after seven years, I co-founded a data analytics software company with my worship leader. Mm. Oh, um, wow. <laughs> we raised venture capital money, um, got five million in funding. Wow. Eventually sold the company to another larger database company, Teradata, and I've been in the data and analytics technology space for uh, for the last 27 years. Uh, yep. A number of different roles, some in Fortune 5 companies, uh, Fortune 5 at the time that I was there, and, and uh, now I'm currently just running my own business uh, doing uh, as an independent industry analyst, uh, sharing my expertise on data and analytics with uh, vendors and end user customers. Yeah. That's yeah. a very interesting jump to go from ministry into that with another ministry partner. <laughs> yeah, it's, you know, it, 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 it was pretty natural actually, because mm -hmm. I, uh, one was trained in leadership, number two, communication. And third, as a pastor, I was trained to be able to understand the needs of the of the community mm -hmm. that I was serving and create products or ministries that would that would be relevant to them and that would meet their their needs. Right. And that is marketing. Mm -hmm. So and I and my role in this tech company was marketing. So I was That's I was taking very complex technolo technological concepts and communicating them simply, which mm -hmm. is exactly what I had done with theology, communicating it to junior hires. Yep. Yeah, yeah, wow. that's right. I love it, that's so that's cool. Right. So uh, uh, you're in your careers and uh, have kids and, and married. And I think when we met you, you're about 25 or so years, years married. Um, and you had gotten to a place in life where you had had financial, some financial struggle and some marital struggle and you don't have to go into all the detail but share us a little bit about that and then how did God you know use uh, the abiding to kind of carry you into a whole new place and then we can share about the beautiful journey you guys have been on uh, which is another great story of redemption so we'd love to love to hear a little bit about that <clears throat> yeah, so so we hit a tough spot yeah. about 15 years ago mm -hmm. um, and actually everything fell apart at that time. Our, our marriage was uh, such that I didn't even want to be in the same room with my wife. I was in a place of disdain mm -hmm. um, and it felt pretty hopeless. And I know for you it was. And I, I felt like we got to the point where we weren't, we were just talking logistics about the kids 
And I think there was also, um, I had a fear of talking to John. I kind of wanted, didn't know quite how to uh, walk some of the conversations I wanted to have. So sometimes I just, I just didn't say things. Just um, avoided them. Yeah. Just avoiding it. And yeah, in my disdain, yeah. I had become very critical and argumentative. And I, yeah. I think you did some of the same. Yeah. So it, so. it just became a very caustic relationship. Mm -hmm. uh, at the same time, um, we had in, we had made a lot of money, invested in the company, and my partner had uh, basically embezzled the money, and wow. so we lost everything and had to declare bankruptcy. Um, Fourteen days before uh, my dad died, during the same period of time, uh, my cousin went in and basically had my inheritance and my brother's inheritance signed over to her with a lawyer, so that it would hold up. So the, everything, everything was falling apart. Wow. Yeah. <laughs> yeah so I, I, I came home one day and I, I, I said to Michi, I said, I said, I'm, I'm done. I'm, I, uh, I'm not leaving you because I don't believe in divorce, but let's, we need to figure out how to be roommates. And I'm happy to be your roommate for the rest of our life. Mm. I was so mad. I was so mad. <laughs> I took the candle and I chucked it at the wall and made a huge dent in the wall, by the way. Um, and I just, I just knew I didn't want to live as roommates. And I, the, I just didn't know who to turn to either because here we were still kind of doing a home church in our, in our house while our marriage is falling apart. And um, I just knew there was someone in his past, you, Rich, I was like, there's some guy that he knows in the business world that I think his wife, he and his wife do marriage counseling. So huh. that's when I reached out to you and said, you know, our marriage is in trouble. Can I meet with you? And you said, well, I'll meet with you, but my wife is coming. You got to get John to come and um, let's do a lunch. Hmm. And uh, and he says, you know, that that's how we're going to move forward in this. Wow. And I came home and told you. I agreed to go because I think, Rich, you were the one person in my life at the time that I highly respected hmm. and would go do. I don't, if she would have said anybody else, I probably wouldn't have done it. Yeah. Uh, wow. We went and we had lunch with uh, Rich and Linda, yeah. and they they sat and they told us, we're not going to counsel you. We're not going to mm -hmm. talk about care. finances, communication, sex yeah. in the marriage, <laughs> decision yeah. making. We're not going to. We don't do any of that. We're just going to. We're going to teach you to uh, abide in Christ, and we're going to teach you to abide in Christ, and uh, God will re and we we know that we know that we know that God will restore your marriage. Right, that's right. <laughs> and so we uh, we left we left the lunch, and out in the parking lot, it was the first time in a long, long time that we actually agreed on something. Yeah, and we said like. Is that all they got? <laughs> That's it. Is that it? Is that it? Yeah, and being in relationship, and here we are, you know, again, in the background, it's like, you know, we've got our formal training, but obviously any of our formal training in biblical studies didn't didn't save our marriage. So, right. Yeah. Yeah, and the good news is that, um, <laughs> well, we said, you know, and we, we just said, well, here's some, you know, get in the Word and start processing it. And the good news is you actually did it. Um, yeah. uh, so that was a God thing all by itself, you know, and so tell us what happened. You get in the word and you, and tell us what happens over the next uh, year or so as you, as you, you did stay with it, uh, with being in the word and, and you started to see some things. What, what did you see? what did you experience? Well, we started, 
you know, we, we started to abide, right? And, and to be in relationship with Jesus and to receive rhema from him, this idea of rhema was new to us. Mm-hmm. The idea that God would take from the 66 books of the Bible and the 7,000 promises and, and say, this is for you right now, yeah. and speak into our marriage. Uh, we, we didn't believe level. it. Um, <laughs> we kept processing with you. Uh, we got, I got really excited about the fact that you were doing destination retreats and you had one in Italy. That's right. <laughs> you liked Italy so, even back then. <laughs> so we, we signed up for that and it was there, I think, that we, for the first time, really began to understand more about abiding and, mm-hmm. and you yeah. received the promise at that retreat. Yeah, you, you sent, it, sent us off and you were saying something to the effect of it doesn't matter where you start, you can start anywhere. Um, you know, just you're asking God, and, and again, both of us really skeptical that God would speak specifically about our situation or into our lives. And I remember being, you know, in our time alone, we were all sent away to do this exercise. And I just, I just was like in, in the room at the place we were staying, and I was just like, okay, God. And I just like opened the Bible wherever I was, and I opened to Jeremiah 33. Right, that's right. <laughs> and I just start reading, and it is in this context of the city that is under destruction, under siege. Right. And the siege ramps are being built, and the way that it unfolds is basically God is speaking promises over that city, but when I read them, I will bring to them an abundance of health and healing, and I will heal them and um, or, or reveal an abundance of peace and truth and I will heal them. And I just felt like it's talking about the city, but I really just immediately thought, this is our marriage. Like our marriage is under destruction. And I remember telling John, I was like, I, I think I got a promise. I think, I think this is for our marriage. So that was my first experience. That's oh, beautiful. We, and we stuck yeah. with that. I mean, because that, that was our anchor for mm-hmm. a long time as, as God was in the process of restoring our marriage. Yeah. What would you say, um, as you stayed with that, what what did happen that God started to restore you to where you're now obviously fully restored, which we'll get into, but what was that like as you were walking together, going from kind of separation to, gosh, you know what? We're, we're actually getting restored. Um, what, what did and that... Yeah, what did that look like or feel like or how did that work? <clears throat> I mean, initially, initially it was it was still hard. Mm-hmm. It wasn't it definitely uh, it wasn't like someone snapped their finger. Yeah, that's and right. Good. Mm-hmm. Um, what what we spent uh, you know twenty years destroying mm-hmm. didn't get fixed in twenty days, right? It, that's right. Yeah. But we noticed this pattern of uh, two things. One, God kept giving us truth. Mm-hmm. that was transformational for us in, in little ways. And and plus, we kept hearing all the stories of the supernatural of pe- from people who were abiding. Right. Right. And so even though it was difficult, yeah. we kept going because we kept getting, you know, these little bits of hope, even though it was really difficult. Yeah. And part of my verse, you know, in Jeremiah 33, it says he revealed to, to you know, to them an abundance of peace and truth. And mm-hmm. so there was a lot of things coming out that we were learning more truth, which was difficult truth, some of it. Mm-hmm. And yet I could go back to the verse and say, there's truth, it's it's here, this is good. In the end, it's gonna lead to healing. So it was almost like unpacking certain words that stood out to me and I really mm-hmm. did anchor into, okay, this truth is difficult. We learned some things, you know, even in, we did go for communication. We got some communication counseling and, 
you know, just when we first understood that there was a lot of times where I just, I said what I thought John wanted me to say. Right. And, um, and then you learned some things as well. And it was like, okay, it was really hard to hear some of these things, just this mirror being put close to your face. And yet again, I would anchor back into that and go, wait, okay, this is all going to lead to health and healing. And you say that you will heal us. So I think just going back and kind of having that promise to anchor can back into unpack? as things were difficult and things were revealed. Mm -hmm. I, can you I unpack for everybody just a little bit? You shared um, that he would, God would highlight words for you as you were in his word that, that helped you anchor and you would dig in further. Can you describe that a little bit to people? So if somebody else is just really learning the process of abiding and holding on to promises, can you talk somebody through that a little, um, a little more deeply? Yeah, so the, the, again, what was highlighted to me because so much was getting out in the open and into the light, reveal an abundance of peace and truth, I started to look up peace. Mm -hmm. And then to unpack that, I was doing things like, you know, looking up kind of that word peace, seeing where else it was mentioned. Mm -hmm. um, I would do like, and found out it was like, you know, in the Hebrew, what it was and understanding more that it was not just this peace, like we think of this peace as we think of the English word peace, but there's shalom, health and wholeness and healing. Mm -hmm. It has such a richer sense to it. So, and then truth, it's like, okay, we needed. And so as I got interested in these words, I guess is where I went is I would dig deeper. Mm -hmm. I would look at cross references and I would also want to know what the definition was. And again, it's always fuller <laughs> in some of the original right. languages than what we just typically have as our English tra translation. And I, yeah, that's how I would do it. And, and again, just going with what was kind of standing out to me. Right. Um, and it typically, the things that did stand out to me, again, it was circumstantially, things were also happening around me that were, that were kind of confirming that word and that promise. Right. 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 Well, well, uh, what you're describing there shows how the word is alive and active and how God will highlight through our time abiding with him what you need to know honestly for that day for that mm -hmm. moment coming forward in in the difficulties as you were navigating discovering some of these other truths and and hanging on and walking into the promise the holy yeah. spirit was using his word and bringing it alive to keep you going yeah yeah well uh yeah. we'll pick this up uh, again next time but um you know just to highlight a little bit of what you said is that the promise of healing which was a word that you received and processed together drove you to, yeah, this is hard, this is tough, but God said he's gonna use it for healing and he started to connect that and then you said it started to happen and that's one of the things that God does with Rhema, which which would love to have you talk more about next time is these promises, particularly, uh, you know, you've, you've had some phenomenal promises that you're actually starting to see come together right now because you kept understanding uh, the, the promise is the not yet, but going to. Uh, and it's such a beautiful driver of not to be discouraged as well. Yeah, I know this is hard, but he said he's going to heal us, you know. And so uh, we'll, we'll talk more about that next time. Thanks you so much for sharing. And uh, we're excited uh, to get more of your story. And uh, we're excited that you're there in Italy and uh, sharing so openly, you know, how God, you know, really came to you and said, you know, walk with me, and you did. That that was, and Linda and I got to be part of that, so we're excited about that. So Kathy, we'll pick up uh, End Times Friday tomorrow, and then we'll, we'll have come back and do uh, part two with these guys, which we're really excited about.
<laughs> Absolutely. Thanks for joining us, everyone. Have a great afternoon. All right. Thanks see you then. Thanks for having us. Yep. <laughs>